Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! This is the Fizzle Show, where every Tuesday we publish another conversation for people creating businesses to live life on their own terms. It's amazing when you do this. It is possible but it's difficult, okay? We know it's possible. We've done it. We're doing it. We're helping so many do it in the Fizzle community, but we also know that it's difficult. It's possible. It's amazing, and it's difficult to live life on your own terms, and that's why we do the Fizzle Show every single week. Now, we do a show every single week, but if you want to go further faster, you can check out our Fizzle membership, okay? If you want to you know, mitigate for your burnout, uh, get a little more momentum going in your business, make some progress early on, get some more strategy and insight, These are the kinds of things that we help you do inside of Fizzle, where there's coaching, where there's courses, where there's community, and a roadmap that guides you through every stage of small business. It's killer stuff. Okay? So if that's you, if you want to go further faster, if you uh, want to make it count, come try Fizzle for free on us at fizzle.co slash try five. It's a special discount just for you there. Five weeks for free. Kick the tires. Check it out. Fizzle.co slash try five. Five. Okay, today's show, how to resonate deeper with your customers using the science of personality. Okay, it doesn't matter. Here's, here's my little thing I'm starting to up with, okay? doesn't matter what surfboard you're riding, all right? If the wave is too small, it can't generate enough lift to catch your board and make it flow. All right, the same is true with your marketing. If you can't generate a large enough swell with your website, your emails, your headlines, your social media, your customers won't catch your waves. Okay, I call this resonance. It's not like putting out a wave into the world and and making... It's just like when they land on your page, how much do the words and the images and the things resonate with them? The deeper you can resonate with your customers, the more effective everything is. And today on the show, we have what I call a resonance expert. All right. By the way, Steph is on vacation with her family and we'll return next week for a proper Fizzle Show episode on how to be the CEO of your business, drawing on this conversation and the one previously with John and Dana. But back to our resonance expert, Vanessa Van Edwards is like a Malcolm Gladwell or Brene Brown, a researcher who can deftly and expertly translate that research into tangible, accessible communication. All right, Vanessa's topic of research and training is cracking the code of interesting human behavior, interesting or understanding the hidden dynamics of people. Basically, she loves to figure people out. Through her research, she's probably, she's sitting across the table from me and she's probably just like, I don't know, she probably sees like all the little hidden things in me. I don't know what she's (laughs) saying, right? But through her research, her teaching and her writing, she helps people basically learn how to be the most interesting person in the room. And today, among other things, we're going to talk about uh, with her using the science of personality to resonate deeper with our audience online. Vanessa Van Edwards, welcome to The Fizzle Show. Thanks for having me. And don't worry, I'm a speed reader, not a mind reader. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, right. I, I, don't, I don't know about the speed reading thing. I, I don't know. She if figured that, you out in 20 seconds is she, what she said. She, said. she said, I can tell you don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, here with Corbett and Vanessa Van Edwards. Uh, luckily, she lives in Portland, so we had access to her. And she's coming out with a new book called, give us a rundown on it real quick. Captivate. Captivate. Use science to succeed with people. I'm a, I'm a science geek. So I was mm-hmm. like, what if there was a textbook about people? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really one out there that was science-based framework formulas. I love, love algorithms. Yeah. So I created it. Okay. I want to start here. 
on your website, way down hidden in your, in your about page, it says, my mission is to help you realize your incredible value and use your unique voice to positively influence the world. Now, here's what I'm curious about. Why does that matter to you personally? So I think that in the very beginning of my business, especially, I was just like with people trying to appeal to everyone, right? Like I would walk into a room or a networking event and be like, how do I make sure everyone likes me? Yeah. How do I impress everyone? And that driving force did not work, right? Like I was either incredibly anxious or um, I didn't a- appeal to anyone specifically. Mm-hmm. And so the one of the big turning points in my business was trying to figure out, maybe it's not appealing to everyone. Maybe it's trying to appeal to the right people. Mm. Um, and so when I talk about interacting with people, it's not be the bubbly extrovert. Like that's the, yeah. that's the people skills advice we all hear, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just be friendly with everyone, make friends, be likable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just doesn't work, especially if you're like me, I'm an ambivert or an introvert. That advice feels really inauthentic. Wait, 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 what's an ambivert? Yeah. I yeah. just went, I was like, my you, brain's you all can't like, just gloss click, over click, that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you're an ambivert. If all your life people have asked you, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? And neither sounded right. Yeah. Okay. So an ambivert is someone who, um, in different situations can turn mm. up or turn on their extroversion. Okay. Um, but needs their recharge time, needs their alone time. Got it. To be able to make it. That sounds more like most people that I know than one or the other extreme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's kind of like, are you an extrovert or an introvert or an ambivert? I'll take both, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? It's like, that sounds more like what most people are like. So here's the thing. So I agree with you. And uh-huh. what makes me, you know, it was the year of the introvert a few years ago with Susan Cain's mm-hmm. amazing book. But I think this is the year of the ambivert. Mm. And we did a quiz, a little quiz on our website to test if you were an ambivert. It's really basic, adapted mm. from some um, research that Dan Pink did. And we've had, I think we've had 15,000 people take that quiz and 82% of people who take it are an ambivert. Yeah. Now, obviously it's self-selecting. People yeah. who are taking the quiz are curious. Yeah. But I think most of us are ambiverts, but we don't know how to leverage it, mm-hmm. right? So as entrepreneurs, we're told the worst piece of advice thing entrepreneurs are told is say yes to everything. Mm. Right. Especially in the beginning of your business, you never know what opportunities are going to come. Right. I, I understand the premise behind it. I, I get it comes from a good intention, but saying yes to everything means that you don't have the energy energy to say yes to the really good things. Yeah. 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 So it's about leveraging, I think, where yeah. and when you come alive. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I, I love, uh, can we just talk about the photo at the beginning of the book? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What, the cover or the... No, the, no, not the cover. Uh-huh. Not the cover. About, about four pages in, there's this photo of Vanessa wearing a uh, a smart vest, I think you called it. A plaid vest. A uh-huh. plaid vest, uh-huh. yes. As a... On, on, as, on a t-shirt. As a yeah. 10-year-old or oh, something? How old, were, how old were you? That was third grade. Third so grade, a little yeah. bit... Yeah. And the funny, so the funny thing about that picture, and I really thought hard about putting that picture in the book. I mean, I start the book very vulnerably. Yeah. You know, most books start with like, I'm an expert in all these different ways. And I think that, that is the problem with a lot of people's skills books out there is if mm. you are naturally charismatic, if you're naturally extroverted, it's very hard to teach to people who are not naturally extroverted mm-hmm. or charismatic. Yeah. I am not naturally extroverted or charismatic. I figured out ways to dial it up in a way that feels good to me. Mm. And so I I was like, I'm going to start with the book with all the reasons that I'm awkward. With your nerdy th- With my third nerdy grade, grade picture. Yeah. I have a bowl haircut. Yeah. So what's funny about that is my mom got a galley of the book, which, you know, is... <laughs> Don't send mom... Am I learning not to send mom's galleys yeah. of books? <laughs> so my mom... Love her. Yeah. She um, got a galley for the book and I was like really nervous. And she immediately calls me like really? right after she gets, she's like, yeah. I got your book. And like 20 minutes later, she calls me and she's like, 
how could you? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, which part, right? Yeah, like that's right, what I'm yeah, thinking. Like, yeah, I totally. have no idea what she's referencing. And she was like, how could you put that picture in that book? In the front, in the very front, the first page. Yeah. And I was like, because that's real. And she was like, but that part of your life was so painful. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, mom. Like, and, and I knew what she meant. What she yeah. meant was like, that was awful. Like I had no friends. I would, I would get hives from social anxiety. Like it was really awful. Yeah. And so she wants to bury it, right? She's like, yeah. you've moved on from that. You've learned yeah. from it. And I was like, no, like that is my foundation. Mm. Like I write every blog post from that bull haircut and vest yeah, because it keeps me really real with what I'm doing. So you come from this really honestly. You you basically, Try. you you needed to figure people out because it didn't come naturally to it you. It was a survival. Mm. It was it was either I was going to su- survive in the business world or I was not. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't, I underestimated people's skills from the very beginning. I think we all do where it's sort of thought of as an afterthought, right? Like you focus on technical skills, Right. Like yeah. I was focused on my GPA and I did not learn how to work with a team. I did not know, learn how to negotiate or interview. And as an entrepreneur, even if you're a technical co-founder, mm-hmm. you are still having to do it with people all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, you will not succeed. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, is this something that you've grown to love over time? Because we talk on the show a mm. lot with people who are trying to figure out what their thing is. Like, what are they going mm. to become an expert oh, yes. at? Yeah. Oh, and yes. you've carved out this this specific place for yourself, which yeah. I think is really unique. There are some other people focused on people, but it seems like yeah. you're fairly unique in this way. Mm. And the new book is pretty unique. Um, you came at this because you needed the skills. Yeah. And over the past however many years that you've been focused on this, have you come to love it? Is this something that now is part of your fabric? I would say I'm obsessed with it. Uh-huh. I don't think it's love. Mm. I think I'm obsessed with figuring it out. Like I think about it constantly, you know, mm. like it's what keeps me up at night. It's what I ruminate on road trips on. Do I love it? No, because it still sometimes confounds me. Mm-hmm. But I, I really am obsessed with it in like a very good challenge way. I feel like I have a very complicated math problem. Like every human that I meet, and I, I'm so sorry if I look at humans the way this is just the way I think. <laughs> You know, I, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I, you know, I meet a human and I think of them like a big formula, like a working matrix. Yeah. And I'm trying to solve for different parts of their formula. So like the five personality traits, right? Their value language. Mm. And I'm literally like plugging in as I talk to them that those different formulas. So they're like click, 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 clicking together. Yeah. There are certain people, of course, that are very hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. I become obsessed with figuring them out. Like I, I become obsessed with solving mm. them. So it's like a good and bad thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely drives my work and like the amount of content we produce, people are always surprised. This is interesting. This, I mean, I, I do a similar kind of thing, probably from a different angle, because I think for me, uh, there was such a, a hunger for connection mm-hmm. early on. And I just don't think I, I had a lot yeah. of that. And so I'm, there's always like a vacuum of that. And I'm, mm-hmm. and my shape was always like, who do I need to be to connect with? How do I be a people pleaser type of thing, right? Um, but that translates really well to marketing and you know what I mean? Yes. Like I've, I've got like a, a long career now of, of marketing that, and, and quite, I think I'm, I'm successful at it because of these in, intuitions I have about, about how to connect with people and how to, how to, and not, not with everybody though. It's, I have to, I have to figure out exactly who I'm, sp- I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then, and then using those inside jokes, using mm-hmm. those cultural references to kind of like, to get them to make it feel like this company is cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's interesting when we talk about marketing and people, cause mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing. A lot of people talk about marketing personas, right? Like you hear a lot about what are your customer avatars? What are your customer personas? 
it's okay. I yeah. found it moderately helpful when I went to that exercise. Yeah. What I prefer, which I think is a much more scientifically robust way of thinking about marketing to that specific person, yeah. is using is trying to solve for each person. Yeah. Specifically like their big five. So trying to figure out how can you figure out their their matrix mm-hmm. so that you are screaming at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so it's very, very obvious yeah. to them. And that doesn't always work with customer personas. You you kind of like yeah. have you're like throwing darts at a board and like hoping you're like near the board. Yeah. I think that personality is a more precise way of thinking about marketing. I like yeah. That. yeah. This is a good follow on because just a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, your target market, your ideal customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're of the same mind that the more you focus on one specific person and you get to know not just their demographics, not the scratch the surface kind of stuff, but really like what drives them, what keeps them up at night? Like what, why are they mad at their mom yes. right now? Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Yes. Then you can speak to them really directly. Yes. Yeah. You know? And one more layer, which is how do they process the world? Mm-hmm. Right. So like what they worry about is actually not to get too deep, but I think like a yeah. symptom of how you think, mm. right? So for example, let's take one of the personality traits, which is neuroticism. Mm-hmm. Neuroticism gets a bad rap. Whenever I do, you know, I do presentations on present on um, uh, corporate personality. Whenever I say, who's a high neurotic? Like no one raises yeah. their hand. You're not supposed to. <laughs> right. We, right. Know, we all know you're not Chase supposed to. Chase would raise right. his hand yeah. in that I situation. <laughs> Me too. Like high five across the table. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am a high neurotic and yeah. like proud to be so. So um, neuroticism is a framework of how you process worry and how you see the world. Mm. For example, people who are high neurotic often carry a special form of a certain gene. It's called the serotonin transport gene. So if you carry a different version of this, it means you process serotonin more slowly, which is actually very important because let's say that you're um, driving down the street and you almost get into a car accident. Your adrenaline rushes, your cortisol rushes, your heart pounds. Mm. You're like, whoa, we almost got into an accident. Yeah. And then slowly your serotonin rushes and you feel calm. It stabilizes your mood. You're like, whoo, yeah. I made it. Yeah. That's serotonin calming mm. down your adrenaline, your cortisol. Yeah. High neurotics produce serotonin more slowly. So when they almost get into a car accident, they literally physically feel the effects of that worry for longer, for longer mm. yeah. which means mm. you're driving to work, you get into work and they're still agitated. If yeah. They come in they're like, oh, traffic was so bad. Yeah. Or like, oh, she's so negative. It's not necessarily that she's negative. It's that physiologically she just had a slower response. Yeah. They also worry more about things that are coming because they know they're going to have a worse response. Mm. So as a high neurotic, I am terrified about my book launch because in my mind, I'm thinking about all the bad things that could happen. Yeah. Not because I'm pessimistic, but because I know that if, if one of those bad things happen, it will affect me physiologically more mm-hmm. than my non-neurotic. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. So just a yeah. framework. Ch- Chase is over here taking notes. I am. Well, I'm, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm actively doing it, I'm going like, yeah, this is why mindfulness is such a powerful yes. yeah. thing for so many of us. Yes. You know, because it just gets you, and even, because and, what the, anyways, I could go, I could, <laughs> part of me really wants to go deep down, <laughs> down the psychotherapy of this and the, and the spirituality of it, but I'm going to stop because this is a podcast for indie entrepreneurs. So let's jump back in. I want you to mention, that, I want you to talk about these three modes of playing the game. Yes. All right. The varsity, junior varsity. Tell me what, tell me about that. Yeah. So when, when Chase asked me about like my business and the, and the flow, I, I think about business a very specific way for myself and for every entrepreneur that I meet whenever I do entrepreneur workshops this is what I think about there are three different phases just like high school sports mm-hmm. there are the for lack of a better word entrepreneurs people who are not playing yet mm-hmm. they're in learning mode right they're like watching a lot they're listening to a lot of podcasts they're observing and they're doing a lot of informational interviews looking mm-hmm. at mentors yeah. same thing as when you watch like you go to the JV or varsity sports teams you're like oh one day 
Yeah. One day I'll be yeah. the starter on the basketball yeah. team. And then you have people who get into JV, right? They're playing. They're playing. Mm-hmm. They're actually actively in business. They're really trying to learn and they are practicing the skills on the court. And junior JV means junior varsity for anybody listening outside the U.S. probably. And it's just like it's the, uh, I don't know, it's the, the farm league. It's the pre, pre uh, before the big game is this. And you still play, level. right? You yeah. still play your own games. You have your own leagues. You yeah. still get like time on the schedule. Yeah. You're playing. Yeah. Um, but you're still actively learning and like things aren't as natural yet like right, you're you're spending lots of time practicing three free throws you're yeah. doing lots of drills yeah and you're working your way up the jv team right mm-hmm. you start as a bench warmer and then you're like oh okay like i'm 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 gonna work my way up to a starter and then eventually if you're lucky you flip into varsity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and varsity is when like okay like it's natural you're like yeah. less learning a little more instinctual it's at this point exactly like though you're not necessarily doing drills to learn you're doing drills to make sure you got it like yeah. to calm yourself down before yeah. games mm-hmm. and now it's like the fine tuning mm-hmm. right like you're fine tuning your skills mm-hmm. um you're building a team like mm-hmm. it's much more about your team communication as opposed to you as a player yeah mm-hmm. because you're looking at the effectiveness of the thing overall not just am i it, like it seems like junior varsity is like am i the one am i one of the good ones mm-hmm. can i am i can i make it can I do it? Right. And then and, and it seems like in some ways varsity, you are you well, at least hopefully. Hopefully yeah, you yeah, like, yeah. you realize the point is to take the team to the nationals or exactly. something like and that. And it becomes less about you yeah. and more about your impact and more about the team. I think it's the same thing in business where you I almost always can put someone in that bucket or I ask them to put themselves in that bucket. Yeah. Is are you watching and getting ready? Yeah. Are you learning and focusing on your skills? Mm. Or are you thinking about the bigger picture and the team? Mm-hmm. And are you fine-tuning? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. And I think from a goal perspective, all of those are amazing places to be. Yeah. Like none of those are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really helpful if you're in the the early learning, even the not playing stage, to be like, I want to be a starter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to be the next Malcolm Gladwell. Like, yeah. Right. If like, that just doesn't work, if I had started my, like I was honored by your introduction, like yeah. that was such the yeah. biggest compliment you could have given me because at the beginning, before I had even started playing, yeah. I looked up to Malcolm Gladwell and like, I was like, maybe one day, yeah, sure. but I wasn't like, I better be Malcolm Gladwell tomorrow. Yeah. You know, 10 years later, someone mentions that I might be in the same sentence as him and I'm like, <laughs> sure, maybe I'm, I'm at varsity. Right? Yeah. Like, and it's I'm funny. And now that's, I think that in and of itself is something that I'm learning, or I guess I'm really surprised by in my own learning of how I, I've always oriented myself to heroes, always, mm. for some reason, right? I've always just like, and and what's interesting is how that has changed over time. As I've matured, as I've been more of a, of a varsity player and yes. less of a JV player, the, the less I'm... Uh, I don't know, like I've got Bill Murray, Louis C.K., uh, Will Ferrell, and John C. Riley in these like little saint, like uh, yeah. Catholic yes. candles, candles over there. Candles, yeah. They're my little prayer candles. Um, and like Louis C.K. is just someone who I who I realize is just like, he's like the, the god. The, he's the, like a coach at this co- point, let's be honest. Like he's, <laughs> he's not like, even playing. Like coach. He's not. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's not even he owns playing. the league. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I think so much of my life I've compared myself to like him or the Eddie Murphys or the ones that I really, really saw like, well, it's amazing what Robin Williams does. I mean, like, you know, it's like they set a high watermark that like I'm not even, I could never, I know I could never try to compete at that level mm-hmm. like you're Malcolm Gladwell, right? Right. But now what I'm doing more and more is focusing, it's just seeing them as just these 
absolute, you know, demigods. Just, that's amazing. And like really appreciating and loving, but not comparing myself to them as much. And that is, I think that is the fundamental difference. And that's yeah. why putting yourself in those buckets is actually makes it okay mm. to be like, yeah, I see that person. Like I have their baseball card or whatever, yeah. but like I need to focus on who's, who's in the next level for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like, who's the JV, who's the starter on the JV team? Yeah. Right. Then who's the starter on the varsity team? Right. That's a much more like digestible, non-imposter syndrome setting up desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like totally. I have so many readers who are like obsessed with their role model so much so that they're blinded by who they are. And then they end up feeling like, well, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I've been trying for two years and I'm not there. And I'm like. And that's so toxic. That yeah. can a, a, That's just like. I feel like it's a natural part of the process, though. It really is. That all of us do that in the beginning. We have to we have to try True. on other people's shoes mentally yeah. to see. True. You know. So I'm curious, your these three these three modes. Um, yeah. Actually, what I'm going to do, I want to hear your story of like like just in, in like the the big the big points of of um, of like when you were you know in the in the bleachers playing JV and on varsity. But first, let me read this ad from FreshBooks. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses, especially for all you freelancers out there. It helps millions of service based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. All right, now FreshBooks can send late payment reminders to your clients automatically, which is pretty killer, which means you're not chasing down clients for late payments. Now, no matter what kind of entrepreneur you are, the most important thing to remember is is that getting started on FreshBooks is really easy, even if you're not a numbers person. In fact, especially if you're not a numbers person. So FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all our listeners, totally free right now, and you don't need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent business and the fizzle show. All right. So Vanessa, before we switch modes and get into, I want to, I really want to get into like, how do we know ourselves part one? And then how do we know our customers and the personality traits? Mm-hmm. Um, give me a little bit of an overview of, of your sort of stages of getting into entrepreneurship. Yeah. So in my very first stage, I was trying to decide the direction and there was really two choices in front of me. One was secret service, um, you know, FBI, CIA, I speak a couple languages. I was very, at that point, burgeoning interest in microexpressions and lie detection and body language. And mm. I did an informational interview, which is one of the key yeah. parts of, of that early stage. Yeah. And someone very honestly, I'm so grateful to them, said to me, if you continue on this path, you will be interrogating terrorists for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, like I, I it was yeah. very, wow. it was basically she, yeah. she told me when you play varsity, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going to be in the lunchroom going like, oh, did you, do you know who that is? She's the one who got the something, something, <laughs> from something, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. She's the one, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like wipe people's faces off from the waterboarding and then <laughs> right. try to see what's right. Like that's the top of the game, yeah. right? In, in the career track that I was in. And so I made, and the other decision was trying to take these skills and do something business, corporate self-development, which is mm-hmm. always, I always, I'm a self-development junkie. Like I love, I love self-help books. So I was like, well, let's try it. Like, mm-hmm. let's see if I can go that route. Um, and so that's when I started to learn more about passive income and trying to build an online business, mm-hmm. um, which was very new, newish how, at the time. Yeah. And at what point do you start to 
your interest in figuring out people at what point in your life does that start is that a college thing college yeah okay. so that 100 percent started in college with a moment I, I think i might share this in the book maybe i didn't it didn't make the cut mm. um there was a moment sitting with a professor and it was a group project it was a group writing paper you know one of those horrible assignments where they make you like each person has to write two pages of a paper yeah and i was arguing with my professor i was like look like I'll write you double the amount of pages. I'll write you 20 pages if I can do it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And he like looked at me and like so kind. And he was like, Vanessa, this this paper is not about the writing skills. It's about the people skills. It's about the working together. Yeah, wow. And I was like, what? Like yeah. terror. Yeah. And he very gently was like, look, like I know that you've been very focused on the technical skills, but like let's beef up this other side. He was the first person who like introduced me to like anthropology, sociology, psychology. Yeah. It's when I was like, oh, there's this whole other, you you couldn't, you can study people. Yeah. It's not just like make friends. So we had to talk to you in like a, in an engineer kind of way to get you to understand yeah. why and this he, is important. And he said to me, I want you to study people like you study for chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought of that before, but I was literally making flashcards for conversation starters. Like I would make a flashcard, like carry them in my purse, like use a conversation starter, and then like take notes in the bathroom for a little while. Oh, so awkward! Just like, (laughs) just like, like JV players. Have you ever like watched them? Like when they're first starting, like it's rough, right? So it was the same thing. Like I was like, I was like taking notes in the bathroom. Like I had like notebooks that I would take, just because that's how I learn, right? Like I had to break down, and I do this in my book. Like I, I had to break down a networking event into a map. Like, like a football field because I was so overwhelmed when I would walk into an event. I had no idea what mm. to do. Yep. So I was like, okay, if I had to break it down into a map and I move from here to here, that is how I think. And that ended up serving me very well. Mm. And there was other people out there who wanted people skills like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and so how do you turn that into a business for yourself? Okay. So that was when I decided to start doing, and I think the, the, diff, the key difference between like not playing and playing is making money. Mm. It's not just setting up a website. It's not just blogging. It's actually earning your first dollar. Yeah. I think that's when you start playing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I was writing. I was blogging. Wasn't making any money. That didn't. That was not counting as playing. I was just sort of like surveying the field, like feeling out my voice. When I finally was, I got asked to come in and do a presentation on the science of people. So before I named my website The Science of People, mm-hmm. for um, a group of engineers this boss had been reading my blog and he was like, you know, my engineers, like they're really, they really have a hard time with people, but I think that they would like yeah. your kind of formulas. Yeah. Do you think you could come in and just do like a science of people? They do the science like side of engineering. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Went in, gave this like presentation based on my blog post, And like, they were just like me. Yeah. Like they had the same questions as me and like they got my fears and like we got each other. And that was the first dollar I earned nice. teaching this science okay. like this. Got it. So, okay. Uh, that feels like a really interesting place to head towards this. Because I'm just picturing you having this experience of, oh, oh, wow, they get me. Yeah. I get them. Yeah. That's the experience I want. I want to try to give it to Fizzlers. Yes. Right? Yes. Because that changes everything when you're no longer trying to, like, what about this face paint? What about this face paint? What about this face paint? You know, <laughs> right. now, now is it working? Now is it working? Now is it I working? I changed the color of a button. Now yeah. is it working? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, or I'm changing me, yeah. right? I'm changing what the business is about. I'm changing, is, now is it working? Because 
and I understand that because when we're in JV mode, you know, we're trying to learn the fundamentals of the game, right? We're yeah. just like, maybe I'll be the the passer person or maybe I'll be the like the point guard. The or point, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll do like you just think like maybe this is who I am. Yes, you try right? in every position, which mm-hmm. you should, yeah, which yeah. you should. Yeah, totally. And I think it takes a little bit. So like very specifically, like dialing to specifics. So that moment with those engineers was really important for me because I met my people for the first time and I got a very clear picture of who they are, Mm. not just their persona or their avatar, but actually like their personality. So they were um, ambiverts leaning on the introvert side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. By the way, how long ago was this? Oh, goodness. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. And you already had awareness of these five traits and the things that you had this, you have this, this system of the the matrix developing. The system wasn't perfect yet, right? Like I I had read the science. I thought it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I had not developed the matrix yet. But you were probably pretty confident in what you did know. (laughs) Yeah, right. And like, I knew that it was helping me. I didn't know how, I didn't have the formula just yet at that point, which is why like the blog was still not 100% there yet. I didn't have online courses yet at that point uh-huh. the formula wasn't there yet so it's like okay they're ambivert introverts right mm-hmm. so they don't gate a lot of energy from people but they can they can be with people and enjoy it in the right situations mm-hmm. okay second they are highly conscientious so conscientiousness is the second personality trait detail oriented loves lists loves um plans and schedules and agendas they loved, like, they wanted the bullet point breakdown of everything. What is conscientious? What is that? What is the, like, breakdown of that word? It's, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, I, I think conscious is the wrong way of taking it. It's no. almost like concept, conceptness, almost. Is it? Is it high? Purposeful thinking, like cons, you okay, know, like C-O-N-S-C, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. like, like th- thinking. Got um, it. Um, and so conscientiousness is a really important one for your ideal avatar. Because if you have someone who is high in conscientiousness, before they buy anything, before they sign up for anything, they want to see a detailed list of agenda, phases, promises, mm-hmm. formulas, scientific studies. They're, they want all those details. Yep. Whereas a low conscientious person is a big idea person. They like strategies, big concepts, big ideas, more go with the flow. Mm-hmm. They like big promises big of picture, change. Big picture, not all the little details. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was a big change with how I now do my marketing that completely forms how I write every landing page. Mm. For the high conscientious person or the low? For the high. Okay. So I stopped making all these big promises or I would mm. put the big promise at the very yeah. end. Got it. Because that turned them off yeah, at yeah, the yeah. very beginning. It yeah. was like too frou-frou. Too, yeah. mm. That is one of those, uh, interesting. So conscientiousness is one of these traits. Yes. Of, of the five. five. Of the five, yeah. Because that, it, it seems like, what, what are these like kind of binary things? If I choose like, okay, I'm not. You're either what, high or low. Right. But of course it's a spectrum. Right? Yeah, sure. So this is the biggest difference between Myers-Briggs and Big Five. So just yeah. to be clear on the science, I'm a sci- I'm, I really like sticking to it if I can. Yeah. The only personality framework that is actually based in academic research is the Big Five. Okay. DISC, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just hasn't been repeated in the lab. Yeah, is it yeah. interesting? For sure. Mm-hmm. It's a great conversation. Great. What about that book that has like a day for every birthday in the year? No, that's good. I like that one. That'll tell you. That'll tell you. <laughs> There's some, some stuff. science there, right? There, there's well, I don't know about <laughs> science, but you might. Uh, I plead the fifth. You might learn something about yourself. Okay, good. Um, you know what? How I view those kinds of things. Same with I just had this yeah. discussion about tarot cards. So no, they're they're not science scientifically yeah. based. However, they are very interesting prompts. So, yeah, for sure. example, if you open your birthday and it says um, you are um, highly adaptable and love change, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting prompt to think about yourself to be like, huh, if I'm if I highly adaptable, but yeah. I have lived in the same city my whole life, mm-hmm. I eat at the same restaurant every day and I never do anything new. 
maybe I need to start doing more things. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that it's actually right that you yeah, need change, totally. but it's a nice prompt. It seems yeah. like it seems like the ultimate empirical experience uh, uh, or, or way of living is to judge everything. I mean, is to even is to filter everything through your own consciousness, right? If you are viewing it like that, the problem is is with astrology and forecasting and tarot cards yeah. and birthday. They come with voodoo. They come with voodoo and people take them as prescriptions. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's not a prescription. It should be filtered. Yeah. Totally. It should come in right. and then you're like, do I like this? Does this feel like me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I yeah. want to try this? That's a very different thing than, oh, you know, the forecast says, to the horoscope says today that I'm going to have a bad day. Well, guess I'm going to have a bad day. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, the, the, um, when we're talking about like placebo effect, mm-hmm. the horoscopes can be quite dangerous yep. in that way. So totally. I don't so mean the, to get on that. No, the, I like that. So I the like test, that. The test that you're saying is based in science. Tell us about that again. What's the name so of it? So it's called the, the Big, Big five. five. The Big Five. Also okay. known as OCEAN because it's an acronym. So openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and eroticism. Okay. okay. These are the five personality traits. Everyone has them. Now, in your world, um, you talk about getting to know yourself. Yes. And then getting to know your customer. Yes. And it seems like uh, this ties in, dove, dovetails nicely with that whole thing you were just saying before, where the point is, these are kind of like, I don't know, which which one are you? What are you like? Mm-hmm. Right? Which is, to me, it's the great work. It's the great art yes. of your life is to even- That's why we're to, here. You know, it's to just know, to to go that far- it's just to the point where you are are yeah you know, I don't know you you are present and not necessarily in control but you as a as a as a function of your consciousness are just going like interesting this, what do I think about that how do I feel about that is this me is this not me mm-hmm. you know what I mean like just that sense of what I'm, the word I'm looking for probably is autonomy mm-hmm. or something like that is a thing that not a lot of people necessarily walk no. around with no right I think. That's w- w- if there's anything that excites me in the world, it's that in and of itself. Like I don't care how you live from there, as I long just as want, you have autonomy. I want you to. Ha- I want you to experience like your power. Right. You know, it makes makes me think of that. That uh, your your my mission is to is to help everyone see how valuable they are and mm-hmm. how much they can change the world when they use their unique vo- voice. Yeah. Right. So, and that's exactly what I what I say when I say I want you to find yourself first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes, you could outline your ideal customer avatar and all five of the personality traits and be like, yep, they're um, low open and high agreeable and high neurotic. And but if you are not those traits and you're the one writing their landing pages and answering their customer questions, there's always going to be friction, mm. right? That when you're talking about product market fit, I think that what you're talking about is also like, do you have a match of personality traits yeah. between your chief marketing person or your chief comm person yeah. or you and your customer? Mm-hmm. Because you have to be able to translate that fit. Yeah. And if, if you're not writing about it right, I think it's really hard. So what I'm hearing you say is is the importance, what this triggers for me is especially the importance when we're doing s- small businesses, solo entrepreneur mm-hmm. businesses. The whole dream here is not that you, uh, I, the whole dream is that your business kind of makes you come alive. That, mm-hmm. that to me seems like why to start your own business. You know, besides like, okay, I want I need to earn revenue. I need to create wealth. And I want to come alive in this thing. I want, I want to enjoy, I want to do more than just enjoy this. I want it to matter. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and also you want to make sure that when you are doing it, you do not feel like a fraud. Yeah. So yeah. what happens is, and I know this more than anyone. So hmm. I, I have pivoted my business, my business more times than anyone could count. Now, some of those pivots were probably not noticeable to my customers. Mm-hmm. And some of them were each time I pivoted, 
there was risk that I was pivoting away from my natural orientation to try to meet what I thought was happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as you were growing your business and you're pivoting and you're adjusting mm-hmm. and you're like fitting, you know, does this work? Does this work? Yeah. As you were yeah. saying earlier, yeah. I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, okay, maybe this pivot, this shift is a good thing, but does it ma- match me? Like, mm-hmm. does that feel natural to me? Yeah. yeah. Because even if it's the perfect thing for your client, if you don't like talking about it, if you can't write about it that way, it's going to be very hard for you to Marketing to sustain as well. And and I think there's a parallel here to the life that you live yourself. If you're living a lie, for lack of a better term, in terms of like who you present yourself as to the world, you're going to exhaust yourself over time. Right. Can I give you a really specific example? I'm literally dealing with this right now. So any advice you have would be Mm -hmm. great. So um, we have two sides of our business, B2B and B2C. Mm. So our B2B is corporate clients, big Fortune 500 companies. We go in, we do a ton of workshops for them, hiring managers, sales. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. B2C, online courses on people skills, right? So mm. like conversation courses, charisma courses, um, and those two match pretty well. Yeah. About two years ago, I noticed that some of my most popular YouTube videos, we have a big YouTube channel, were the ones where I tried to be a little funny. Mm. <laughs> now, I am not naturally funny. I do try to be funny, mm-hmm. um, a little bit silly here and there, but it's not necessarily my natural orientation. I'm quite a serious person. I'm a researcher. I sit and read academic studies all day. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is working, right? Like my vanity metrics, my views are really up. So I decided to spend more time learning about humor and trying to write funnier videos. So over the last two years, and I I was literally looking at all of my um, teleprompter scripts over the last few years earlier this week, my videos got sillier and sillier and sillier to the point where now I look at my YouTube channel and I don't really recognize myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's me, it's, I'm still saying things that I believe, yeah. but I've, I've like hammed it up too much. Right. And Riding I've, the ham. Yes. And mm-hmm. my consumers <laughs> yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. My businesses do not like it. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I've accidentally turned off my paying consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So I have two different kinds of people who watch me or a couple, you know, you have the, the, um, someone who loves my work, but will never buy anything. And you have the, the managers who would buy something, but like, because I've gotten so silly, I think I've actually accidentally turned them off. Yeah. Mm. That was a pivot that very slowly, insidiously. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's because there are, there are conflicting goals, yes. right? One goal is how do I get more page views? Yeah. And the other goal is how do I stay true to myself and my customers and get more and also more sales, exactly. Right. Yeah. But also, it's that you're you're on a medium, YouTube, where the media wants what the medium wants what it wants, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so it, it it it's eating you, right? You're not you're not but you're not eating but it. But YouTube you know? isn't one mass of the same person no. a billion times over. No, right. It's not. There's a lot of subsegments. But there is there is like like if you just if you watch the metrics you can get in YouTube, mm-hmm. you will be incentivized. And that's because YouTube has what it wants. Yeah. The, exactly. the actual business of YouTube yeah. wants certain things it, from it, you. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't care if you get sales. It doesn't, it doesn't, no. absolutely <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't care, especially because I don't run ads on my channel. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because I yeah. don't, that's not the goal of the channel. The goal right. of the channel is to get big but sales. The thing that's interesting to me now, uh, this is, this is, I mean, I think this is a really juicy conversation, right? The same exact thing happened in journalism, right? Mm. There has been, yes. and it has been from the beginning. I mean, we, there was never a golden Buzz-feedify. age of, of, of journalism. It's always, you know, had this pressure to, to be what people wanted instead of, you know, the real thing or whatever. Right. Um, so this is, this is, this is thing that this happens in media, um, uh, probably of all kinds. And, and this is why Marshall McLuhan's work on this stuff was so interesting back in the sixties and seventies when he was touting it about, but the, the, the thing that's fascinating to me then, okay. As an, enli- as an awakened sort of person, 
who is uh, wanting to live life on my own terms, uh, not cause any suffering in the world, but rather to you know create a, earn a living doing something that I care about and that is in that I think it, you know matters in some way and that probably people out there want. I can look at YouTube and say, okay, I have to if I respect YouTube for its own as it as it is, I have to say, okay, who are you? What do you want? You know, to YouTube mm-hmm. and then play by YouTube's. I'm not saying like the company YouTube. I'm just saying like the consumers, the, the massive yes. ecosystem right. of YouTube, <laughs> yes. right? YouTube likes videos that are certain different kinds of videos. Right. YouTube like, and you notice that yourself, right? I. I think there's a way that you can bring yourself like with an aligned sort of spine to that and go like, okay, we like a little bit of this, but I'm not compromising on that. So now you can like, you know, Buddha would say, find the middle way right. here, right? right? Where it isn't, isn't just, you know, not funny at silly. all. And it isn't right. just silly, you know? And that's why I think, I don't know. I think that feels like a great art to me right now. That feels like a really, really like, I love exploring that stuff. Well, and it's true not just of YouTube, but Instagram it's or Snapchat, email, anywhere that you're going to play. Email, exactly. anything you're going to play, because what we're dealing with is what's what's already, what do I expect? Because everything everything is like, if I don't expect, if I'm surprised by you, I'm paying attention. Right. Right? So you have to know this stuff so that you can break some of the norms while you still play by the necessary rules. You know? And so knowing the difference between the principles and the tactics so that you can surprise on the tactics and mm-hmm. always deliver on the principles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, I, I don't know, I love that. That's where I spent a lot of my time, th- probably just ba- like back of my brain thinking, mm-hmm. because that feels like a real, a real skill that people, I don't know how to teach it. Right. That's the thing. I think it's, I think it's this way. Cause I didn't know either. And I was like, Oh, hmm. like if I had actually stuck to who I am, like my personality trait, which is silliness is a facet of extroversion as well as agreeableness. Hmm. So it's like cheerfulness. The more yeah. extroverted you are, the more talkative you are, yeah. the more cheerful and optimistic you are. So it's mm-hmm. a facet of that. It's also a facet of agreeableness. Agreeableness is how cooperative you are. If you work on teams, um, sharing sort of that sweetness. Yeah. Um, I'm actually medium low agreeable, meaning I'm like a data head. Yeah. I uh, like to work alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You find yourself saying things that you're like, oh, yes, that's correct, but it doesn't serve the purpose of- Let me Google of, you. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. 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 So yeah, you yeah, know yeah. if you're high or low agreeable, but the answer to this question, which is, do you default to yes or do you default to no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So typically I will default to no to do more research and then I'll come back to you and give you a maybe or a yes. I'm a high agreeable. Yes, but that's right. <laughs> I do do things. I, I'm a high agreeable, but a lot of that is just is just smoke and mirrors up front. Mm. Just going for the sake of like, hey, let's keep this writing smoothly, and then, but I because I'm also like I want to work alone kind mm. of guy. But that that might be, and that might be your extroversion or not. Yeah, right? um, yeah. I would agree that you're high agreeable. Yeah. Um. So on my YouTube channel, notice I, how I just said yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, a, a low agreeable person would have disagreed with me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like they would have been like, I don't think so, and here's why. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's how we know. Yeah. Um. And by the way, that works really well with like people you're working with, partners and colleagues. Doesn't work so well for podcasting or uh, improv. No. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> There's a gun in my pocket. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, ocean. Uh, openness, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism, and neuroticism. Okay, neuroticism is is how uh, we worry. How we worry. Uh, openness is how adventurous we are. Adventurous, uh, conscientiousness. Is, how organized we are. Wow, I like this. Okay, E for extroversion. How social we are. Social. Okay, and then what's the the agreeableness? Agreeable. Um, if it. we say yes or no, how we are on a team. How we are on a team. These are the five traits in in the big five. That's right. That uh, and this, there's a, I'm assuming there's a book and things on this if people want to learn about yeah, the so big five. If you want to really 
dig deep into it. Yeah. Um, there's some really good books on personality. Make sure that you get the big five ones. So for example, um, like um, Snoop is one on like personality and like things in your office. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then if you want like a smaller one, I have one chapter on this topic, which is like, yeah. this is enough to like get you through and yeah. kind of figure it out. And I pulled the kind of the best things. Is that from in Snoop. Captivate? Mm-hmm. It's okay, chapter cool. seven. All right, I'll put both Snoop and obviously your book Snoop. in the in the show notes here. So we have these five personality traits. Yes. Um, it sounds like what you're telling us to, 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 to take advantage of is know where we stand on these and then also identify our ideal customers. Yes, exactly. And so the first part is actually relatively easy. Like even as I'm talking, you're probably like, oh yeah, that's me or that's not me. Yeah. We're pretty good at self-diagnosis. If you're worried, we have a free personality quiz you can take on our website. It's sciencepeople.com slash personality. Mm-hmm. If you want to just test yourself, it's free. You can take it as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. By the way, bonus challenge, if you really want to test yourself, send that to your partner or your best friend to take as you. Oh, 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 that's good. (laughs) You'll have a really good conversation. You love quizzes, by the way. I love quizzes. Your book has a bunch of quizzes. Your website has tons. Yeah, 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 I love love quizzes. Also because like- They're fun. Yeah, and and also I don't always know, right? Like I'd rather you test yourself. This is, by the way, it's not a quiz that I made. It's Mm -hmm. a 44 questionnaire that academics use. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd rather you be more accurate than guess. So once you know yourself, you then want to think about how do you quickly indicate to people that this is for them? Hmm. I think that's what you use personality for. So for example, um, like high opens. So high opens, they love trying new things. They're very curious, very adventurous. They have no problem getting into a rabbit hole on a website. They love to click on unique or interesting buttons. So I have signals on my website for high open people. I do, my, my ideal customer avatar is very high open. They want to learn a lot. They're really creative. Um, they like trying new things because mm-hmm. I, I, I challenge, you know, my my challenges are risky, right? In a certain mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, so I indicate to them that I am a high open person and I want high open person with like one of my tabs on my website is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like a low open person is is going to be turned off by that. In right. fact, we get low open people who email us and complain about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, that's no worries. Like you're not our person. <laughs> yeah. You know, you pass the filter. Right, you pass, <laughs> yeah. exactly right. But my high open people, they are like, they had a, they get a dopamine hit when yeah. they see that kind of tab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or like on our sidebar, we have a do not click here button. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That's, what's, did what's you click your, it? Did no, you click I, it? I didn't click it. What? <laughs> I didn't. Well, I was, I was doing the, I was, I had a purpose that I was coming to your website for. <laughs> and so I didn't end up clicking it. I don't want to tell you. People should go click it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's actually, a well, re- actually don't tell us what it does. Tell <laughs> us. Yeah, no, share your secret. Share why yeah. that's there. Okay, so um, first of all, it's an indicator. It's a very quick like indicator of like, you found this on the bottom of my sidebar, which means you've been re- you've gone below yeah. the fold. Yeah. yeah. Reward, yeah. right? Reward for you high open readers, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, not skimmers. Yeah. Um, and second, when you click on it, you get a video of me um, talking and showing pictures of baby animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I love baby animals. <laughs> yeah. I should have clicked that button. Aren't you sad you didn't click it? Yeah. And I thought very very hard about what I was going to put there. Like I could have put a pitch, mm-hmm. right? But I want I wanted to purely reward the personality of a high open person browsing deeply on my website. Mm-hmm. And what makes you happy, what instantly gives you dopamine is pictures of baby animals. Yeah. Oh I, man. Right, right. I also wanted to show them- Or goats yelling. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, can be, that can be rough sometimes. Unless you're high neurotic. Hey! <laughs> what is it? What was it? <laughs> 
on my videos, my YouTube bag reviews, uh, they're like every title screen. It's just a sound of a goat yelling. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. So you should put a do not click here on fizzle, and it should be goats yelling. <laughs> just have. <laughs> would, yeah, we might. We might. Who knows? Um, it's also interesting, like the data, like that comes from that. Like our conversion rates on that page are extremely high. Mm. Either people subscribe to the YouTube channel right then and there, or they give us their email. Yeah, because it's a, it's a very clear indicator of like one, I didn't sell you. Right. Like you, you, I rewarded you. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. Like, yay, you're here with me. And then like, I have more that I can teach you Mm -hmm. if you're willing. Mm -hmm. Um, So like there's a lot of, so indicators, so indicating high openness, um, all the other persona traits have the same kind of indicators. And these are fairly obvious once you begin to think about them. I'll give you an example with agreeableness since we already talked about it. So um, with agreeableness, this is, are you encouraging community with your brand or are you not? Mm. Fizzle wants to encourage community. That's a big part of what makes Fizzle Fizzle. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone selling one product or if they're a single thought leader, that's not a goal of theirs, right? They're not trying to encourage a community. So um, Jonathan Fields, if you look at his homepage for Good Life Project, you'll notice he has the most high agreeable brand I've ever seen. So what does he do to indicate that? Every picture on Good Life Project is like people hugging, Mm -hmm. people touching, Yep. People holding hands, people doing things together. It's never a personal loan. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. uh, it's not really about Jonathan. It's about the team, the people, the players. Mm-hmm. That is an indicator very quickly as a low agreeable person, me. That I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's it too scares much. me. It's too much. Yeah, it's, it's I've had too much. I don't need that hugging. I had that same exact feeling. It's, <laughs> it's so true. And I know, and I know the people in my life who like love the Good Life Project and like the camp that he runs and stuff like that. Yeah, Gleepers. and right. every one of them, Gleepers. Yes. <laughs> totally, yes. and they're touchers and they're huggers, and so. Yeah. I, that is a, that's perfect. Yeah. Right. Like for if me. If I could have a business of just those, I mean, that's brilliant. That's brilliant to realize. So this is where we're realizing the intention you can kind of set forth and go, this is what I'm like. Right. This is who I want to attract. Right. This is a way for me to, as we're always encouraging people to do, to focus, get specific and niche down. It doesn't have to be just you know, or this is for, you know, single dads. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be for single dads who like to hug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like is, is if you, if for single, let's take that example and yeah. take it even a step further. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if you're going to give the kind of advice, it's like snuggle with your kids every night because it has a lot of oxytocin and a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be turned off by that piece of advice. And some people are going to be like, yes, mm-hmm. what a great idea. Yeah. You want to almost warn them that that's coming yeah. because they're going to be the ones who are actually going to listen to that and then buy your book or your yeah. product or whatever. Yeah. So I think that that's you're sort of good you're, you're establishing bias almost. Yeah. Like, you're, you're like, well, you're signaling really, for as humans, we're all just looking to reinforce our own worldviews. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's weird, so, but yeah. So you're just tapping into that and, yeah. and riding the wave as Chase said at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah trying to figure out where that wave's coming yeah. and how do you have the right board to, to exactly. run it. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so we've got these five traits. Yeah. We identify ourselves on these traits. It sounds like you're saying relatively simple here, you know, like the questions that, that you were saying, like, do, do you feel like, do you normally say yes or no right. when someone says things are like you, that? Are you, are you very adventurous or not? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you very organized or not? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's really simple questions. So the agreeableness one was, do you d- default to yes or do you default to no? Mm-hmm. For high conscientiousness, um, do you love alphabetizing? Mm-hmm. Like, do you put things on your to-do list for the pleasure of checking oh them off? Oh my God, I am mm-hmm. so high conscientiousness. Like, I like, like, it really gives me like an adrenaline rush. <laughs> the, like, the amount of hours I've spent organizing the genres of my iTunes library <laughs> throughout the course of my life, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, 
I'm like, wait, yeah. hold on. Is this I get these... chill out or down tempo? <laughs> well, I, get, I get notifications all the time because Chase and I share a, oh. drop, a Dropbox oh. folder. Yeah. I get notifications every day saying, Chase reorganized something <laughs> in the folder. So totally. there's no f- new file. Totally. It's just that he moved some How things around. How you categorize and, you know, and to- <laughs> the, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? Not topography. Uh, uh, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> taxonomy. Oh, taxonomy. Oh, my God. Your taxonomy is so critical. <laughs> it, it, I guess so. For a high conscientious person, you are right. Dude, I, if you're low consciousness and you get involved in my taxonomy, your job's going to get better and easier, too. <laughs> Even if you're low consciousness. Okay, okay, but wait, let's let's go into this for a second. I, I'm not saying I'm saying wrong. I'm saying low consciousness. Low con- <laughs> I do mean con- that. Conscientiousness. I do mean that. You do. Yeah, low if consciousness. You're, if you're borderline <laughs> sleeping, you're gonna get a lot of benefit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm judging. Wait, I'm wait. judging. Okay, so this is the perfect example of why knowing yourself and then knowing others is that process. Yeah. So in most corporate settings, you have someone who's high conscientious, and they're like. They're like, how could you not have a taxonomy of your Dropbox? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's it makes everything better. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you also have agendas for your meetings. You have to-do lists for your calls. You send people very long, phased emails with steps. Yeah. Someone who's low conscientious is going to feel boxed in by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are going to feel yeah, like, yeah. A, it's a waste of time. Sure. B, it's um, closing in their creativity. Right. And see that they you guys don't are not on the same page so it's interesting because creativity here um you know uh, uh, the trope is either you're you know like Cor- corbin and i it's really easy for me to go like well he's the analytical one i'm the creative one <laughs> yeah we right? love to box we yeah. you know we and that's that that line has been it, it sounds like these five types are drawing lines but they're more informed you and, know like and I, I should say like it's really a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so when I teach this and you'll see, there's actually like a, a kind of line, spectrum in the book where mm-hmm. like you're high or low and like you place yourself on the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, you know, if you're somewhere in the middle range or like me- medium high or medium low, you're pretty, you can kind of sway, you can kind of pick depending on who you're with. And mm-hmm. typically like with your partners, for example, you will adapt to where they are, mm-hmm. um, which is very helpful. Yeah. Or your coworkers. Yeah. As well. Or your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it is a spectrum. It's Corbett, not lines. You're not my coworker. You're my partner. Well, I was thinking. I, I was thinking of people that meant less to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like my like, wife. Like, no, like, like literal coworkers back <laughs> oh. in the day. Partners. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Well, there was a moment there. There was a moment. I liked it. So the There's trick that. it sounds like to me though is not just okay. I took this test. I know who I am, and I can imagine who I want my customers to be. The trick is like, what do I do with that information? Yes, it's mm. how do I indicate it? Yeah, right. So, well, hold on. First and foremost, I just think that there's there's like a pause to be taken at just the awareness True. of like because. Just like we were saying before with the three different buckets of like you're not playing your JV and your varsity. Mm-hmm. To be able to be aware that, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not playing. There's a lot of people listening to the show right now who need to realize like, oh, I'm in the bleachers. I'm watching and I'm learning and I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. And the whole and in their mind for months, they've been saying, I'm an entrepreneur. Or I'm trying to be an entrepreneur or something like that. Yeah. And I think there's just a, a level of awareness and acceptance and appreciation of like, oh, and then, and then ownership of that. Yeah. Right. Allowing. I need to be here. Yeah. Exactly. You have because to do that before you do JV. Otherwise, you're just just shame. It's guilt. It's all sorts of stuff. You know, which doesn't doesn't. So, in a similar with these traits things, it's like it's like, oh my god, wow, I am a high high conscientiousness. Right. And like you were saying before, one of the one of the real practical things of that is don't make these big promises up front right. for these high conscientiousness people. Right. You're providing you're providing the information, the data, the facts, the stories, the things that they need to go. Okay, there's something here. What do you what are you offering me, pal? Yeah. You know. Um, 
So I don't know. First and foremost, it just seems like there's uh, I, I, all I do is call that out. That's, that's what I mean. Call that out <laughs> as like r- identifying where you are might be a little bit of like a like, whoa, I, I didn't know that. There's a lot myself. there, right? Yeah. Like, like you could yeah. spend a couple weeks journaling on just yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. And, I, and I think you should because that will help. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to when you've processed it, when you've had the pause, when you've explored your own traits, then to turn it into sort of practical um, markers, yeah. indicators in your website, on your brand, your materials, your pitch, your slide deck, like mm-hmm. all of these, the personality traits should be framing every piece of your branding, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to indicate it to investors, to colleagues, to new hires, to readers, to buyers. Um, pick two or three that you want to indicate. Yeah. I, I don't think you actually have to indicate all five. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, my most important ones that I try to indicate are high openness, right? I want them to take chances with me. Second is high conscientious. The reason for this is because if you are low and conscientious, you're going to be very frustrated by all my frameworks and mm-hmm. formulas, like immediately. Quizzes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to get yeah, my quizzes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you're going to ask for refunds more often. Yeah. I'd rather indicate to you up front. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of frameworks. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, first of all, to restate what you said, pick two or three. Mm-hmm. To really signal yes. to your audience. Not all of them. Yeah, the yeah. ones that really are like, yes, like my person is super low conscientious. Like they love big ideas, yeah, yeah. strategizing. They don't want to mm-hmm. be bogged down in the details. Mm-hmm. Um, so like knowing that about those two to three. Yeah. Um, and then figuring out where is the most important part of my funnel or my process to indicate that. Mm. So for example, I mentioned refunds. Mm. So there's lots of different leaky parts of your funnel, right? It could be um, conversions up front. It could be um, getting f- freemium people to paid people. Mm-hmm. It could be paid people asking for refunds. So one of the problems that I wanted to address was this problem of people asking for refunds, which three years ago was a problem in with our online courses. Because online courses, it's real easy to ask for a refund if you want it. So when we... Um, looked at that, I was like, I think what's happening is I'm looking at all the complaints that come with these refunds. Very nice. And they're like, you know, it's just so overwhelming. There's so many steps. There's so many videos. The workbook is 90 pages Mm. as a complaint. And I went, wait a minute. That's actually for a conscientious person, a selling point. Right. Yeah. So I added in our landing page and our sales page. Like I reemphasized a 90 page workbook, 15 exercises, 32 formulas. Right. Because I knew then if you don't like that, you won't buy it. Well, and at the same time, you're going to appeal to the people that you do want even more. Exactly. And they love you for it. Yeah. Right. So identify the leaky parts of that process and when you need to indicate certain things. So then one other layer, just to add to this, Mm -hmm. we've talked about figuring out who you are, who your customers are, what to do with that information, how to indicate it. The third thing is, to me, if you're working with a team, it's not just expressing what you want as the entrepreneur, but what you represent as a company. Yes. Right. So we probably, Chase and I are probably opposites on some of those things. Mm -hmm. Because you balance. Right. So we balance. So figuring out how to indicate those things and what we stand for as a company. And I think a lot of times when there are arguments between team members, it's because you're assuming that we are an organized, conscientious company and and someone else is assuming we're not. Basically, the biggest miscommunications for teams is that everyone assumes the golden rule which is treat others the way I want to be treated. Mm. The golden rule does not work. It Mm. should be the opposite. It should be the platinum rule, which is (laughs) Mm. treat others the way they would want to be treated. Uh Right? So it's not just, if you just do it from your framework as a high conscientious person, you are baffled by people who have a disorganized desktop. Yeah, yeah. So it's about figuring out on your team, A, what do you got, Mm -hmm. right? And if you can, hire ideally. So for Mm -hmm. example, as a high neurotic, I cannot hire low neurotics. I'm married to a low neurotic who mm-hmm. keeps me incredibly calm and stable, and mm-hmm. that is amazing. 
but I also need other hieroglyphics on my team because they worry for me. Mm. I'm able to export my worry for them. You got it. And they do it for me. And you know that they're going to stay up at night worried about this thing and they're going to get it done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now some people, like if, if I was going to hire a salesperson specifically, I would hire them as a loan erotic mm-hmm. because I would want them to be able to push through and not worry yeah, and be totally. my rock in the business. Mm-hmm. So like you have to think about what are the roles and what emotional roles are at play behind that. Yeah. Like if you're a, a low agreeable boss, do you want to hire other low agreeable people? You might never get anything done. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Vanessa Van Edwards, this has been an absolute delight. We are just scratching the surface. We are here, I feel clearly like. just I scratching about this the for surface. Days. Uh, <laughs> you guys, listeners, if you liked hearing from Vanessa, what's your Twitter handle? At V Van Edwards. At V Van Edwards. Mm-hmm. Would you let her know on Twitter and leave us a comment at the show notes here? Uh, here's how we do this, Vanessa. I go, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Vanessa Van Edwards. And we'll see you there, or we'll we'll see you on another time. time. That's how the ending goes. (laughs) All right, guys, that's it for episode 211 of The Fizzle Show. Thanks so much to Vanessa for being brave enough to share her story with a bunch of us indie entrepreneurs here at Fizzle. We loved hearing from you. Uh, Fizzleshow.co slash 211 is where you're going to find a link to the bonuses edition of her new book, Captivate. If you get it before the 25th of April, that's the day the book is launching. There's a bunch of bonuses that she's got. If you do it beforehand, you can get that along with our 10 mistakes guide at fizzleshow.co slash 211. Here's an iTunes review from Unoriki in the Czech Republic who says, so can't remember how I found the show, but I do remember the first time I listened and being confused. After all, I was looking looking for some online business advice. I almost turned you off, but something kept me listening. Just a few more seconds, then boom, I got it. Totally, and I love what you do. You guys have been the soundtrack and support, inspiration, and motivation to the last year of my life, building my first online course for my English students, launching in the next couple of weeks. That's amazing, you know, Ricky. Thanks for uh, taking the time to write on an iTunes review. Dear listener, you know our goal is to help you make progress on your business every single week. When you leave us an iTunes review, just, you know, gives us a little bump. It helps us out a little bit. And we read them. We read them all, Corbett Barr. I'm looking at Corbett Barr. I'm saying we read them all. Am I allowed to talk during the outro? No, no, listen, shush. You're not allowed to talk. All right, listen, uh, I I wanted to find a, a relevant quote today. I got one from Aaron Sorkin. Just because he says Oh, it. I thought this was a review from Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Captivate. No, I wish. Aaron Sorkin reviewing our podcast? That'd be great. Whoa. That'd be great. Uh, listen, he, Aaron Sorkin says, An artist's job is to captivate you for however long we've asked for your attention. If we stumble onto truth, we got lucky. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. And talk to you next. Fizzle Tuesday.